0: And then we created a network of podcasters on mentalhealthnewsradionetwork.com, a place where every possible facet of mental well-being can be talked about openly. My show, after several hundred interviews, the format is this. Intimate, deep, funny, touching sometimes uncomfortable but always vulnerable conversations with interesting people the goal is to have you our listening family many of you who have become my good friends feel as though you are listening in on private conversations thank you for tuning in and becoming part of this amazing journey with me and now with our network of podcasters Just knowing this podcast might be helping any of you realize you are not alone on this journey called being a human being makes doing this podcast worth every second. After all we promised we'd be cordial. Hi, everyone. This is Kristen Sinatra-Walker, host of Mental Health News Radio, and I'm so glad about this guest today because we have so many of you who are struggling with bipolar disorder or you are with someone or someone in your family that has bipolar disorder. So I'm, I'm really excited to talk about and talk with psychotherapist Michael Pivich. Michael, thank you so much for coming on the show.
1: Well, Kristen, thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure.
0: Absolutely. And you've got a book that I believe is coming out called Owning Bipolar, How Patients and Families Can Take Control of Bipolar Disorder. So when is the book actually going to be out?
1: September 25th. Really oh. looking forward to it.
0: Fantastic. Now, is this your first book or have you written others?
1: This is my first book, and uh, I've done a blog um uh, posting and uh, writing articles uh, over the past few years. Uh, but this is my first published book, and uh, uh, it's it's taken uh, several years to compile the information and the research and uh, experiences through my private practice and people who have contributed uh, their own personal stories through my website, uh, BipolarNetwork.com and the Bipolar Network Facebook page. And so it's a compilation of all of that uh, uh, information that I've been able to collect over the past few years.
0: So tell our listeners, since there are so many of them that are um, that are in the field as you are, and they're trying to figure out which direction to go in. So they always want to hear someone's personal journey as to why they became um, a psychotherapist or you know a counselor, and I, I want to hear that story from you. But I also want to know why the particular focus on bipolar disorder.
1: Well, sure. Um, my uh, career has spanned over 30 years, uh, starting from when um, I was uh, a therapy intern uh, back in the uh, 1980s. Um, it's kind of hard to say these days, <laughs> <laughs> but it was way back when. And uh, and, and my own journey as a, as a therapist has uh, uh, very uh, fortunately taken me into d- different areas, uh, meeting uh, interesting people helping a variety of of individuals and couples, um, adults and uh, children and adolescents uh, through the years, in a variety of uh, both clinical uh, disorders of, uh, and personal uh, issues that they bring uh, to the the therapy experience on the inpatient and outpatient end. Um, but uh, several years ago, um, in my uh, outpatient practice, I received uh, several. Uh, referrals from a local inpatient facility that uh, where these individuals had uh, a uh, diagnosis of bipolar disorder. And I've certainly worked with bipolar disorder among many other clinical uh, problems over the years. Uh, but uh, I began to notice that there was a common theme among patients and their family members that would uh, attend a session or two with them. And it was uh, a common theme of a real lack of knowledge and understanding and awareness of what bipolar disorder is and what one is supposed to do about it, both from the patient perspective and also from the family perspective. And that family member could be a spouse, that could be a parent, uh, it could be a caregiver, uh, a personal friend, uh, an intimate partner of one uh, uh, type or another. Uh, and, and, And the common element was a sense of being somewhat lost in both the mental health process in general, as, as many people uh, unfortunately feel in their own personal experiences and their journeys, but also in particular for bipolar disorder itself. And as I began to work with with these individuals, I sort of myself realized that there was a lack of knowledge in terms of how I could uh, better treat the disorder and and help individuals that had uh, the the problems that are common to bipolar mood swings and what one is supposed to be able to do about it, both in the short term, but also throughout their lifespan, since bipolar disorder is a chronic mental illness. And in, in my book, Owning Bipolar, um, I opened the book by uh, recounting one particular um, uh, experience that I had with a young patient, an adolescent patient, and his mother uh, and he did very well in the hospital, uh, and uh, this uh, coming to me on the outpatient uh, uh, format was part of his own personal aftercare uh, program. And again, he did very well, and uh, they found the right medications for him, and uh, he was uh, he was on his way. I think uh, in a very positive um, uh, position. But his mother really struck me as an individual who felt very lost in the process. And while she was very proud of him, she looked at me and she basically said, you know, there really isn't enough for family members, and I don't know really where to turn. Now, there are some resources available, of course. But um, to me, the way that she was approaching me and her own um, 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 sense of desperation and really touched me in a very, very deep way. And it really prompted me to begin to look deeper into the whole uh, issue of bipolar disorder. And as I looked deeper into it and I began to review research on the subject and uh, and talk to other professionals and just did my own um, review of the material that was out there and my own personal review of how I was trained to deal with bipolar specifically, um, I began to see that In a very broad and disturbing way, uh, bipolar disorder is frequently misidentified, misdiagnosed, and most disturbingly mistreated. Mm. And in particular, I found out that the incidence of suicide among people with bipolar disorder is 20, depending on, on the research you find, 20 to 30 times higher than it is among the general population and again going it just kind of prompted me to kind of go deeper into the subject and the research that was available and as i began to gather this research it just felt really personally incumbent upon me to to develop a program and uh, for patients and families and from there the book sort of organically began to take shape and the more and more that i looked at my own personal journey as as you as you uh, pointed out is, is so important, I think, for professionals to to understand and to share. Um, I recognize that even though I had beautiful training and some beautiful mentors and, and professors that I'm very, very grateful of having throughout my training and my own experience of coming to formulate as a therapist, there was a prevailing... Um, uh, mentality throughout uh, the seventies and eighties and I think into even into the nineties where the only thing you could really do for people with bipolar disorder is to get them on medication mm-hmm. and and if you could get them on medication that 's about all you can do and i was I was taught that too as 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 many of my fellow therapists I think were at least back in that generation as we were coming up. And that always bothered me, but I never really took a, a second look at that concept until more recently, recognizing that there's probably a generation or two of therapists who were sort of given that idea. And as a result, it sort of just sort of builds upon itself that therapy itself is, is not the answer, that if you can just get people on medication and keep them there, they're going to be okay. Well, my own personal experience of treating bipolar and the, the, the review of the research that, that i put together in, 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 um, in um, constructing this book uh, led me to believe that while medication is vitally important, it's only a part of what is required for both bipolar patients and their families to have long-term success. Mm. And so all of those elements together kind of brought me where I am today and and um, I'm very excited about what owning bipolar can do for patients and families and <clears throat> perhaps also for fellow professionals to to um, uh, become more enlightened and more educated. And we can all do that, myself included, to be better at recognizing what bipolar is and what to do about it, uh, to bring uh, more uh, comfort and functionality to patients and their families, uh, but even more specifically to to really begin to bring down and someday perhaps eliminate the high suicide rate rate that's associated with bipolar.
0: What are some of the uh, misdiagnoses of people that come in and that do actually have bipolar disorder?
1: Uh, Most frequently, uh, major depression alone or non-bipolar major depression is most commonly Provided as a diagnosis for somebody who would actually have bipolar disorder but has yet to be diagnosed as such. Uh, But there are um, other diagnoses too that are commonly um, um, uh, misidentified. Uh, One in particular is ADHD, um, Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. They they certainly have some common elements. They can look alike and share maybe a couple of symptoms, particularly distractibility. uh, But that's often very much confused. Um, OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, is sometimes confused with bipolar mania. Mm. And then um, some of the personality disorders, narcissistic personality, borderline personality, um, uh, are often confused with bipolar mania. Now, that doesn't mean that that you can't have both. But um, and certainly in the case of somebody with bipolar disorder, they very often will have periods of major depression. So um, that's that's only part of the story as far as people with bipolar and some of these other disorders um, and certainly psychotic disorders like schizophrenia um, uh, share some uh, pieces with um, people that have uh, bipolar disorder with psychotic features. Right. But but if if that diagnosis is not accurately applied, then very often the treatments that are offered uh, can uh, interfere with uh, um, the individual's progress in therapy or maybe even make uh, their condition worse. Uh, We know that about two-thirds of people with bipolar disorder are going to be misdiagnosed at least one time in, in their life. And about two-thirds of those individuals are given the diagnosis of major depression alone. One of the uh, important um, things to understand is that if somebody has bipolar disorder, but it's been misdiagnosed as major depression alone, sometimes called unipolar depression, meaning non-bipolar, they may be given a medication, um, particularly antidepressant medication, Uh, which are known as SSRIs or SNRIs, if they're given an antidepressant medication, but nothing with it that would help stabilize the mood, and we can talk more about that if you'd like, but if they're given an antidepressant of those categories by itself, uh, very often it's going to make the condition worse because it can trigger mania. It can bring mania out. Um, And uh, if somebody is in... Uh, the throes of depression in their bipolar disorder, it can certainly help them to feel better and less depressed, but at some point uh, it will very much likely make them worse, and most particularly, it could bring out uh, a manic episode. right from, so
0: from other so, guests, we've heard definitely a mood stabilizer along with um, an SSRI is is one one possible way of treating this um, in a in a correct manner. See, that was painless. Support them as they support us. Back to the show.
1: That's absolutely correct. So I'm not saying that antidepressants don't have their place. And in my book, Owning Bipolar, I do talk about bipolar medications and what to look for so that patients and families can be prepared uh, going into... Uh, that conversation with their uh, mental health professional professionals uh, and their prescribing physicians in particular. So they understand what what to expect uh, in a very um, understandable way, but also what to expect as they go through that period of stabilization with those medications, uh, what to look for uh, both with regard to main effects and uh, with side effects. And, and like you said, antidepressants do have their place as long as there is a stabilizing medication along with it, but that basically keeps a lid on the possibility of having a manic break.
0: Right. Absolutely. So last question for you. Um, why did you get into the mental health field?
1: Uh, that's a very good question. And I often think about that and review it uh, from time to time in my own personal life. Um, Basically because as um, as a therapist goes forward in his or her career, uh, ultimately you hopefully anyway have your own personal growth and changes in your own life, uh, as well as interesting people that you meet and treat along the way, some of whom I think may offer. Uh, a particular challenge to your own ability to kind of assess where you are at your life. Mm-hmm. Not that they're being difficult, but they might present an issue or a particular unique quality that uh, kind of puts you in a, in a place where uh, you might review that. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I, I think um, certainly as, as I was going through my formative years, I tried out uh, in my mind anyway, uh, different um, um, career ideas, sort of like what do I want to do when I grow up kind of thing. Right. <laughs> and uh, I, I think I st- my interest in history um, kind of led me to think that, well, what do I want to do if I really enjoy history? Um, and I was particularly good at it in, in school. Um, yeah, compare that to, let's say, math, which I could do fairly well, but didn't really enjoy all that much. Um, and I, I took that into perhaps um, – Launching a a career, a legal career, and becoming a lawyer. Um, So I I always had interest in the law and history and how those things developed. But as I got through uh, sort of my senior year in high school and was looking for a major in college, I chose psychology. And only through my uh, psychology program in school and college did I recognize that that also is using history. Um, but at a very personal level in terms of the development of an individual. So I kind of brought those worlds together in my mind Mm. and recognized that I was very interested in how people develop and eventually even more uh, interested in terms of how they develop their own personal story and how influences of all kinds, whether it's internal or environmental, shape that individual and bring them to wherever they are in their in in any point in time and their own life story um and from there i i um, i uh developed a real interest in diagnosis and um and mental illnesses and how to differentiate one from another using historical information and clinical information and those elements i think all came together and i realized that uh, this was uh where i needed to be in my uh, professional life.
0: Well, good for you. I'm glad that you're here. To have a whole book devoted to just this disorder is certainly a something that's absolutely needed. Um, there's so much misinformation about bipolar and so many people I know that have it and, uh, you know, have certainly dealt with a different level of stigma because of that particular diagnosis, which doesn't help anyone with their path to wellness.
1: Oh, you're absolutely correct about that. And, you know, stigma, in my mind, stigma is um, uh, the, perhaps the number one reason, and certainly in my experience I would say that it is, the number one reason why people would avoid treatment. And, and um, certainly what people may suffer um, in terms of how family or culture or society around them may view their own mental uh, health struggles um, can really impact them from a from a, a shame standpoint. And that in itself, I think, becomes a therapeutic issue, doesn't it? Yes. That has to be treated in, in therapy, but also has to be treated within the culture and the society. Uh, if we build stronger communities that are more aware of these mental health issues, you know, my mission recently, of course, has been to really bring more awareness around bipolar, but I'm, I'm really impressed by what you're doing and what your network is doing to bring all of these issues in a way that people in the community become more educated, more aware. Um, and you know what? I think there's good people everywhere. Right. But there's also ignorance. And, and ignorance, uh, although it has a pretty strong connotation, in itself is not necessarily anybody's fault. Right. Uh, singularly. But certainly we have to, as a larger community, take the responsibility to broaden understanding about what mental illness is in general and what we should all be doing about it together collectively as a community. Absolutely. Um,
0: I keep trying right, to and- I keep trying to say over and over again, any any loudspeaker I can get, mental health is separate. It means something different than mental illness. Neither should be stigmatized, but they are two completely separate phrases. And um, somehow mental health has been targeted as that means that we're talking about illness. um, And that's not the case. Um, Just because you talk about breast health does not mean that you're talking about breast cancer. And that's what's happened with that term mental health. And I just find that utterly fascinating uh, because it should have no... No different connotation than brain health, or you know, and I'm sorry, listeners, you've heard me get on my soapbox about this before, but um, it's just interesting to me that, that 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 seems to be intertwined, and that isn't fair to either of those phrases.
1: I, I would agree, and, and from my point of view, and I know that uh, th- these. Th- Terms and phrases are changing all the time for one yeah. reason or another and and sometimes that's a very good thing and sometimes it's a reaction to how any one singular term which was once acceptable is abused and misused and kicked around so much uh, that, right. that it doesn't seem like it makes sense to use it anymore and i'm I'm uh, you know just as responsible, I think, to some regard of always kind of watching how I say things, which right. um, recognizing that, uh, among other things, uh, uh, these things change all the time, and I want to try to stay on top of it. Um, but I think you're absolutely right. I mean, if we if we interchange the words mental and physical, in in some of these things, or at least the concepts, uh, for example, uh, uh, it's it's very difficult, and understandably, of course, that anyone who is uh, who has bipolar disorder or certainly a family member who loves somebody who uh, who has bipolar disorder uh, thinks of it as a long uh, lifelong um, uh, illness uh, a, a, a disorder or a psychological problem or, or however you want to characterize it the the lifelong part of that term is more often than not what people really fear and it's understandable Nobody wants to be told that they have a condition right. of one sort or another that they have to take care for the rest of their lives. And certainly when, when it comes to bipolar, that's absolutely true. Uh, but stigma kind of finds its way in there as well. Yes. And again, understandably, um, I don't you – know, I I've certainly try to help people. I don't condemn where they're coming from, but it can be very difficult. For example, um, parents – and I'm a parent and I understand this very personally uh, – parents never want to be told that their child – has, has something uh, that they can't outgrow in their life, that, they can't, right. that just won't get better on its own, you know. Um, but th- very often they fear what that label of bipolar disorder is going to mean, it, mean in that young person's life going forward. Right. And what I always try to move the conversation towards, Kristen, is, okay, I understand your, your concerns and your fears about that label, but it's the disorder that can really destroy that person's life. Not it's the condition itself, not the label. Right. So so as and I think that all kind of dovetails into what you're saying about what mental health is all about. And that's what we're really trying to achieve, getting away from that illness model, getting away from just this is a disease and this is how we treat it. But, yeah, we have to treat it in in an acute way and in a short term way, which which helps that person to stabilize and get better. But that's not the end of the story. That's the beginning of it. This is about helping an individual and a family unit together, Whatever whoever constructs that uh, family or compo- um, composes that family, to thrive in their lives going forward for that generation and for the generations to come. You know, bipolar is a genetic illness. Right. So if, if we treat it now within a family in that sense, then we not only help that family to be healthy through its life, but we also help future generations in that same effort.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Michael Pippich, thank you so much for coming on the show. Please tell our listeners where they can find out more about you. Um,
1: my uh, sort of general website where you can find all kinds of information, including the book itself uh, is michaelpippich.com. So that's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-P-I-P-I-C-H.com. Or you can go right to owningbipolar.com. Owningbipolar.com has a lot of information uh, about the book and, and how to find it. Uh, the release date is coming up September 25th. You can also pre order it if you can't wait. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and again, all that information and reviews about my book that I'm, I'm very uh, touched by. Um, uh, some very uh, tremendous individuals have, have stepped up and endorsed the book, and you can read about it there. At owningbipolar.com as well. And um, I'm I'm very excited. And and thank you again, Kristen, for uh, taking uh, a part of your show and dedicating to this most important issue.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And thank you, of course, to our listeners for another edition of Mental Health News Radio.
1: Surprised when I don't hate on you After all we promised We'd be cordial Sometimes in you I can fight
0: it Good boy